Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Chicago Bulls continue to do what they always do as they try to get closer to 500. They crap the bed. Bulls, we're going to talk about the Bulls' loss against the Los Angeles Lakers last night. We're also going to talk about news outlets expecting the Chicago Bulls to be sellers, but will they? We're also going to talk about some of the best targets for the Chicago Bulls that have been reported so far over this trade period and some of the targets that the Bulls should stay away from. Also, Billy Donovan's comments about the coaching jobs being fragile. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today, guys. And so the Bulls lost to the Los Angeles Lakers in a game where the Bulls just, it, it, there, were, there was some issues with defense, of course. The Bulls actually played a pretty solid game offensively when you just look at the raw numbers of it. But outside that first quarter, right, where the Bulls played extremely well in the first quarter, it was a really good back and forth game. There were like eight lead changes in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter of that game. And then the second quarter came, in which the Bulls lost 42-25 to in that second quarter. When you look at every other quarter, they played closely. But the, the Los Angeles Lakers, between their hot shooting, the lack of defense from the Chicago Bulls, the Bulls just cannot get that game uh, uh, underway to where they can hold on to a sizable lead. And, you know, yes, the Lakers shooting 63% from three-point range in both the first and the second halves play a really big part in that. Actually, Billy Donovan talked about it after the game. He said this. We're 9 for 14 in the first half on contested threes, and, and that's, you know, what we believe in. And, you know, we tried to contest this. Obviously, you know, with their size, you've got to provide help at the rim and protect the paint. You know, that was the problem was they shot the ball. Now, listen, they had some open shots. I'm not sitting there saying every single one of them. I don't know what they were in the second half, but the first half they were 9 for 14 on contested threes. And... You know, they have not been, you know, a great three-point shooting team. And, you know, they shot it great today. Give him credit. You know, Russell made a lot of really, really tough shots. Give him credit. I think he was 8 for 13 from three. I mean, he made some really, really tough shots. They, they had some tough shots. Like I said, you know, um, very uncharacteristic for them to be as high as they was from the three-point line. You know, we take that away and cut our turnovers in half. You know, um, I think the game is ours. And so it, it was that combined with D'Angelo Russell just hitting extremely tough shots. There were some shots in this game where D'Angelo Russell was guarded almost perfectly, but he still hit the shot. Goes 8 of 13 from the field for 29 points, leading the Los Angeles Lakers in scoring. Austin Reeves as well hit some tough shots. He gets 20 points on only nine shots in that game. So he played a very efficient game. Overall, the Lakers had four players to score over 20 points, and they had seven players in general to score in double digits. The Bulls just did not have enough. They did not execute well enough to be in the position to win that game. And so even though the Bulls scored 75 points in the second half of the game, the offense wasn't the problem for the Bulls. And I've seen a lot of people ask, you know, rebounding wasn't a problem either for the Bulls. They actually out-rebounded the, um, 
the Los Angeles Lakers in this game by nine. Uh, for large parts of the game, they actually had a double-digit rebound advantage over there. But this was a game where the Bulls really lost due to turnovers and and just hot shooting from the uh, from the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers finished this game 64% from three-point range, going 20 of 31 from three-point range, while the Bulls went 12 of 37 for 32%. That's just not going to cut it. And then those 16 turnovers for the Chicago Bulls, which is Los Angeles Lakers, converted a lot of that to second-chance points. The Bulls just weren't in the position to win that game, man, and, it, and it's unfortunate because it's like every time the Bulls get close to 500, things like this happen, losing streaks happen, and it's just been what's, what's really been the, the Chicago Bulls for the, for the large part since this version of the team came together. We won a lot of the of the gritty stats of what I call them. We out-rebounded them by nine, right? So almost a double-digit advantage there. We had more blocks than them. Uh, we had more points, well, tied with points in the paint, basically 54 to 56, though we were leading a lot of the way there. We led in bench points, 32 to 31, and, and fast break points. We led that 19 to 12. But then when you look at the second chance points, Bulls 18 to 4, winning second chance points, right? But it's just, unfortunately, the Chicago Bulls just, they didn't guard the three-point line. And then a combination of that and the Los Angeles Lakers just being extremely hot from the three-point line, it's, a, it's unfortunate. It's just unfortunate, man. And the Bulls couldn't, uh, couldn't capitalize off the things that they did well in this game. And like I said, the offense wasn't really the issue here. It was defense. It was having some grit and that type of thing that really was. Um, and so it, it, it's unfortunate, man. It's really unfortunate. The Bulls had six players in double digits. Uh, DeMar DeRozan scored 32-10 and 10 in that. Uh, so it just, at the end of the day, man, it, 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 it's just tough. The Lakers shot a season high against the Chicago Bulls at 60.9%. 60.9%. And so that, the turnovers, it just really painted a situation and scenario where the Bulls just weren't going to win this game. They weren't in a position to win this game. And so the Bulls, they, they still stay out on the road. We start this uh, this West Coast road trip off 0-2 with one game left against the Portland Trailblazers. But the Bulls have some winnable games coming up. They got to play well, right? Defense got to be a thing. This, this Bulls team got to step up. And I'm not saying that that's the only reason they lost against the Lakers. Like I said, when you have a team shooting 64% from three-point range, it's going to be in a high volume at that. It would be different if it was low volume. It's going to be difficult to do that. But the Bulls head to Portland. They'll face the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday. We go back home for one game against Toronto on Tuesday. And then we got Charlotte and Sacramento to round out next week, which are all very winnable games for the Chicago Bulls. That Sacramento game is going to be fun to see De'Aaron Fox versus Kobe White as well. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out for the Bulls. But Overall, the Bulls just didn't have enough. They didn't execute well enough. We didn't adjust coaching-wise. And the Los Angeles Lakers were just an extremely hot team. They were on fire last night, and the Bulls just did not have enough to really to, to combat what, what the Lakers were shooting. That's, that's hard. you gotta, you got to shoot the ball effectively. And here's the thing. The Bulls were still in that game. You take away that third quarter where we, went, we lost that third quarter 25-42, to 42, we're in that game basically every step of the way. But that's why playing a full 48 minutes of basketball is important for the Bulls and all teams because had that had that second quarter been closer, the Bulls would have been in a position that possibly it still would have been tough with them shooting 64%, but the Bulls would have possibly been in position to, to try to win that game. Patrick Williams was garbage defensively throughout large parts of the game. He shot the ball two for nine. He did get six rebounds, two assists, two blocks, but it just it was early in the game where LeBron bodied Patrick Williams up on a drive, and he just never seemed like he mentally recovered from that at all. And Stacey King on the call said, hey, I would like to see Patrick Williams. It's like he respects LeBron too much. I want to see him get some grit. And I definitely uh, agree with that in this case. Drummond with 11 points, 9 rebounds, almost a double-double off the bench. 
Ayodesuma goes 6 of 11 for 18 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, 1 block. Ayodesuma continues to play really good basketball off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, but it was really just Drum and Desumu. We ran for the primarily a 7-man lineup. Javon Carter played 8 minutes. Daylon Terry played 3 minutes. But other than that, it was really just Drum and Desumu off the bench. Uh, Io playing 30 minutes off the bench for the Chicago Bulls in this game. So it's unfortunate, man. I would love to see or uh, be able to come here and talk about a Bulls win and us getting closer to 500. The Bulls now fall again four games below 500. With the next three games being winnable games, so we'll see if they can get those, get back on a winning streak. We'll see. Portland Trailblazers could be a nice tune-up. But overall, I'm just tired of this, of this Bulls team. Like, I don't want to just keep seeing them win against the bottom feeders. Like, win one of these games, man. Hopefully the Bulls can do that sooner rather than later. But with that said, we know that it's trade season. We are about two weeks away from the NBA trade deadline. And, of course, the Bulls' name and everybody else's names are going to be involved in this trade rumors. Really, a lot, of, a lot of outlets are looking at the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls as being sellers at the deadline. Now, we know as Chicago Bulls fans, while a lot of outlets are saying that the Bulls could be sellers because a lot of teams want the Bulls, some of the Bulls' assets, the question is, is are the Bulls really going to be sellers or do NBA teams just hope they're going to be sellers? Because teams want Drummond. They want Alice Caruso. Even hearing that there's a, a market for Io DeSumo, right? But the pieces that the Bulls want to sell off in Zach Levine and possibly in DeMar DeRozan, once they see that Bulls have kind of said what's come out is that um, they're waiting to see what they get back for Zach Levine that may inform what happens with DeMar DeRozan, is that I, I get that teams are hoping the Bulls are going to sell. And I think they're hoping the Bulls are going to get so desperate with this trade market being so low that they, se they sell low on some of their movable uh, players. But we know this, the front office is going to be content and standing packed if they don't find a deal that's to their liking. And I think they should. When you look at what the players the teams want, Alice Caruso is hugely important to the Chicago Bulls' identity and their right to hold a trade value of two first-round picks. Andre Drummond, you know, maybe in the right deal if you're getting a young big back, maybe the Bulls do, but that's going to be something that would have to come via moving one of the other large pieces, I would think. So this, when you hear and see these outlets say that the Bulls are, are expected or maybe sellers at the deadline, I think that's hope. That's hope from the other NBA teams and GMs that the Bulls look at what's going on here and say, let's just go ahead and finally blow it all up. I don't think that that's likely, though. I don't think that that's likely. I know teams are hoping for that. Like, you, you hear that, like, the, the, the uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks having a dream scenario and getting Alice Crusoe, as do a lot of teams because of how impactful he is. But the Bulls aren't just going to move off those players just for the sake of moving off of them to be sellers at the deadline. And that's one of the biggest questions here is that, it's not that the Bulls are necessarily going to be sellers because what they want to sell, it seems like nobody really wants, at least not at the value that the Chicago Bulls hold them at. And so, like I've said, it, it, we got to prepare for ourselves to get through another uh, free uh, a trade period, trade deadline period where the Bulls don't make a move. That is something that absolutely could happen. Now, the Bulls could get creative, Lonzo Ball's contract, other things like that. But ultimately, I just don't see it coming uh, to, to fruition that the Bulls are move off Drummond or Alex Caruso, unless it's a deal that's so beneficial for the Chicago Bulls that people are going to look at it as, hey, did you see what the Bulls just got for Alex Caruso? Which then could, could tip the market some other places. So the Atlanta Hawks definitely seem like a team that's going to be selling, right? And when you look at it, they're open to move everybody but two players on that roster, basically, per what we've heard. And so we'll see with that. But teams waiting to pick apart at the carcass of the Chicago Bulls, I think are going to be vastly disappointed as we head towards that trade deadline. Now, with that said, I want to talk about some of the reported targets for the Chicago Bulls that have been mentioned by some of these outlets here recently and kind of far off 
I'm going to focus more on the recent ones. So it's kind of some of the far-off ones that that happened early in the season, like from the Lakers and things like that. I'm not really going to focus on those. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Guys, I'm going to focus on things that have come up more recently after some of these other teams have made trades. So in the recent week, basically, we've heard that the Chicago Bulls are kind of focusing on, well, not focusing on, but some of the targets that they have possibly are Malcolm Brogdon, Kevin Herter, Bojan Bogdanovic with a young piece from the, from the uh, Detroit Pistons, and Herb Jones, and draft picks. And let's talk about each one of those. So draft picks, that just makes sense for the Chicago Bulls, right? You have a team that gave up a lot of draft capital to build this version of the team. And so to try to recoup some of that makes sense for a team that, you know, has their own first round pick. We only owe one more first round out to San Antonio, possibly in 2025, depending on where that pick falls at. But getting draft capital back makes sense for any team. It gets you bites at the apple. If you draft well, it gets you a cost controlled quality player. If you develop them and they turn into something that makes sense. Malcolm Brogdon. Here's the thing. I I could see where I like Malcolm Brogdon as a player, just what he's bringing, his skill sets, all that. Yes, you love what Malcolm Brogdon brings. The problem with Brogdon, though, is that he can't stay healthy. Now, he's on a $20 million contract, which is reasonable, right? It's not great. It's not terrible. It's reasonable uh, for his production. But the thing that makes that less reasonable, I would say, is that he can't stay healthy. And what that contract is at $20 million, that's a difficult contract for the Bulls to match if they're trying to hold on to some of their core pieces. So that's something that, okay, I can understand maybe the fit, especially if you end up moving a Zach or moving a DeMar. You bring some more defense, a little bit of scoring as well there, but eh, not really the highest on it. Then you have Kevin Herter, right? This is a player that uh, that theoretically and what he brings skill set-wise could really help the Chicago Bulls. But there, there, there are red flags around him right now. He went from being a 40% three-point shooter last season on almost seven attempts per game to a 36% three-point shooter on five and a half attempts per game. Usually you want to see a player get more efficient with less opportunities and shots. And overall, while he started 36 games for the Sacramento Kings uh, this season, he's down. He's averaging 10 points per game down from the 15 points per game that he, that he averaged. Matter of fact, uh, Kevin Herter is actually averaging the second lowest points per game in his career, only second to his rookie season where he averaged 9.7. So there are flags there now. Other pieces that you would get in that deal, because again, the Bulls aren't going to get Kevin Herter just by himself. There'll be other players that come with that, right? Whether it be a Harrison Barnes who could help with with depth bench and give some more size to the Chicago Bulls. But you know, when Torrey Craig's back healthy, you got to ask about that as well. 
And then you got Davion Mitchell as well, who's been rumored for that for the Chicago Bulls. This is a young guy. He's six foot, 202 pounds. But again, I kind of like him more in theory than in actual reality. He hasn't averaged double-digit points since his rookie year in 2021-22. So again, that's another player that the Bulls, you know, have been rumored to be targeted in a larger deal. And then we got the deal that just came down yesterday, that was reported yesterday. The Bulls and the Pistons talking for uh, Bojan Bogdanovich and, and one of their blue chip players. That would be Jalen. It was listed as a K Cunningham, Jalen Durrier, Jaden Ivey. They're not getting the first two, so Jaden Ivey is a possibility there. Now, while I like Bogdanovich, especially for what he brings stretching the floor-wise, three-point shooting, what we need, he can fit on any team. He can play off ball. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands a lot. And then Jaden Ivey being one of those young pieces that could come in, be with the bench. I don't know if I see him playing next to Kobe White and we going that small, but maybe we do. Maybe we do. Um, I like that. I like that piece. That, that if those pieces make sense for the Chicago Bulls, when you think about it, would come via losing Zach Levine, so you're adding back some three point shooting. Bogdanovich, a veteran who's averaging 20 points per game. You got Jaden Ivey as well, who has seemed to fallen out of favor for the Detroit Pistons, but still has a whole hell of a lot of promise. And the Bulls getting him could be looked as a player that you come here, give him a large role, and they could excel at. So. You know, in that type of deal, hopefully the Bulls can send out Javon Carter. Jaden Ivey can come in and play the Javon Carter role, which would be much better at. Um, and I'm sorry, overall production. He's not the defender that Javon Carter was projected to be, but he hasn't been that for this season. And then lastly, you have Herb Jones. And so that's another player that it makes sense. When you look at having a player that can guard three positions, three to four positions, can stretch the floor. He's not a three-point shooter, but he is a player that can hit the three-pointer, right? That's very different things. He's not a volume three-point shooter. But theoretically, it makes sense. A young player, the contract isn't too crazy. You can easily match that contract if you do want to. And it gives the Bulls kind of a more realized version of basically what they hope Dalen Terry turns into. Now, he's not the passer um, or I'd say gets out in transition like a Dalen Terry theoretically could do. But again, it gives you kind of a more realized version of that. Somebody who can contribute to your roster right now. So those are the players that have, the Bulls have been rumored to target as we lead to the trade deadline. Now, other players that have been rumored around the Bulls that I think the Bulls should avoid, Pat Connington. Because, again, that came out yesterday in hearing that the Bucks were interested in moving Alex Caruso. They would do so via routing Pat Connington to the Chicago Bulls. And I can tell you this right now. Hell no. Hell fucking no. No. Don't do that at all. No. Pat Connington is a no. Another one that was rumored earlier was D'Angelo Russell. But hearing that the Lakers are kind of completely out now on the Zach Levine trade market, that's not going to happen either. Even if it was, I really, really, I really wouldn't like D'Angelo Russell potentially being here for the Chicago Bulls. And then DeJounte Murray. Now, the DeJounte Murray piece of it was that the Bulls made a call on trying to swap Levine for DeJounte straight up. Now, that's not to say that DeJounte Murray couldn't possibly be gotten if the Bulls were to sweeten the pot. And that's why I have him on the list here of players that the Bulls should not, that should not be on their target list. Because the Hawks would be looking to get back some first-round picks. The Bulls are looking to get some back to kind of recoup what they lost, not send out more first-round picks, and that's why I think DeJounte should be avoided if that's the cost it's going to take. I like DeJounte as a player a whole hell of a lot, but again, this front office isn't at a place, I don't think, where they need to be giving up first-round picks. We can get some of those back, but giving those up, I just don't think is a really good thing for this team with where we sit right now. So those are kind of the list of, of things rumored around the Chicago Bulls. Now, this changes daily. It's a fluid situation, as you guys know. We can hear that the Bulls, that some surprise team, because the Pistons came out of nowhere, right? Some surprise team comes in, right, and, and makes an offer. Maybe that happens, but ultimately, I don't expect it. 
and then we're probably headed for a quiet trade deadline for the Chicago Bulls. But with that said, man, let's go ahead and get into the next topic. So Billy Donovan, who actually was on a staff with Adrian Griffin, which I didn't know until reading this article, was talked about how fragile the job security is in the NBA. And he said this, I felt bad. I thought he did a really good job when we were together. When you don't know all the inner workings of things in Milwaukee, it's hard. But as a coach, a guy in, in my relationship with him, I really enjoyed our time together. Anytime you see something like that happen so quickly, you always feel bad about it. You always have to be grateful for each day to coach. I drive home and get off the interstate and there's people standing out there in the street asking for money and people sleeping in the front uh, of police pre uh, precincts. It's so easy not to be grateful for things you have and the opportunity you have and always try to keep that in perspective. I get a chance every day to do something I love and I try to view it that way. Now, this comments is weird coming from Billy Donovan, not the fact that he feels for a coach in Adrian Griffin who got fired while that team had the second best record in the Eastern Conference. But I think ultimately, Billy Donovan talking about job security, when you literally were rewarded for a, a, a sub-50 win percentage with a secret contract extension that we still don't know how long the deal's for, bro, you got to shut up. You got to shut up, man. Like, like uh, as far as that, talking about something you never know, you know you coach for the Chicago Bulls and you're in with the Reinsdorfs. You have the job security that we all wish we had at our jobs. Come on, bro. What are we talking about here, man? What are we really talking about? So that's something to look out for there as well, man. The Bulls have to be better. Uh, but, you know, Billy Donovan, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny. Billy Donovan talking about the fragile nature of NBA coaching, which I understand. But it's like you haven't had to worry about that, Billy, at all. Like, come on, bro. What are we talking about? But before we go, we got one voicemail to play. Let's go ahead and get into this one. This one's from Shay. Yo, hey, look, man. I know a lot of people coming at you with these trade requests and all that, but, I mean, I hear the New Orleans Pelicans are looking to move on from Herb Jones. Now, look, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's all that we might get, but I feel like I think we could trade Zach Levine over there, and hey, it works out for both for both sides. You get to pair another legit score with Zion Williamson, Williams and Brandon Ingram, man. CJ McCollum. That way they could go far in their playoff hunt, and then you could help us with our timeline. Just in case if we moved Rosen, and we could put Herb Jones at the, at the three or maybe the four. Who knows? But he's he could be a part of our young core. And think about it, he only he had, he got a lot of playoff experience. So hey, it could help speed up our process if we really want to start this process. Not rebuilding, not rebuilding, but like speed up our process and turning and being legit, consistent playoff, a consistent playoff team if we really want it. But that's just me. Anyway, tell me what you think. Please. Pelicans being a trade partner in Herb Jones, like I said um, in the early segment, I can see where Herb Jones would fit on this team. I can absolutely see where he would fit on this roster. I see the 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 what he would bring. I see all of that. And hats off to Herb Jones because he's a heck of a player defensively. And he can, like I said, not a three-point shooter, but he is a player that can hit three-pointers, right? Especially at, at a decent clip as well. And I really do like it. I don't know if it becomes the perfect scenario. Like you paint it, like he get Zach Levine gets to join the Pelicans. They need a point guard down there. They've had CJ McCullum playing point guard for them. And then you've had Brandon Ingram playing shooting guard for them. They need a point guard to kind of push all those positions back down to a more natural place, I would think, right? So I don't know if it's this perfect scenario, but like I said earlier, I would not hate getting Herb Jones back at all. Like Herb Jones is a hell of a player. And I don't know too many NBA teams that will look at Herb Jones and say, no, nah, we good on him. It's just what that framework of that deal would be and then the role you would carve out for him here. Like, for example, if the Bulls were move off DeMar, let's not even say Zach goes anywhere. They were move off DeMar. 
And then in a subsequent trade or maybe a three-team trade, we get Herb Jones back to be that three? I wouldn't mind that. Now, yes, he doesn't bring the scoring at all, DeMar. That means somebody would have to step up big time scoring-wise. But Herb Jones could fit on a team with Kobe White, especially with Kobe White's um, ability that's growing into drive and kick out to open shooter. So there you go on that one. Great voicemail from Shay. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears, uh, at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, uh, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.